Uh-oh, it is September 26, 2019. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Uh, did you know that today is Serena Williams' birthday? That's right, Serena Williams turns 38. I was actually, I was looking to see, like, what, what happened today in history. Oh, today we're going to be talking about emotional eating. Uh, but I was like, whose birthday is today? What, you know, who's celebrating something today? Serena Williams out there with 39 Grand Slam titles in her career, turning 38. Uh, T.S. Eliot uh, would be celebrating a birthday today. George Gershwin, if you're into that. If you, if you went to that classical music, George Gershwin uh, would be celebrating a birthday today. Oh, yeah. Oh, Christina Milan. You guys remember Christina Milan? I actually just saw her performing uh, recently. Oh, no, that wasn't Christina Milan. That was, that was another uh, singer. I forget her name, but it wasn't Milan. But uh, uh, she turns 38 today for those old school R&B heads. Uh, and then we got Jim Caviezel turns 51. People just getting old, man. 51. That's not old. That's not old. Jillian Barbary. Oh, you know Jillian Barbary. She is, uh, oh, she's, you know what? Jillian Barbary is actually more of an L.A. personality than a national personality. Uh, I remember I would watch the morning news just to watch uh, Jillian Barbary who is 53, and then Linda Hamilton. Linda, Linda Hamilton, you know her from Terminator. I, you know, the, when I think of Linda Hamilton, all I, I remember and picture are her doing a pull-ups at that. I forget which, uh, I think it was the, ter I forget which Terminator it was, but uh, when she was in that room and she's doing those chin-ups and pull-ups, and she's actually going to be in the new Terminator movie, uh, dark fate, uh, but she's 63 years old. Now, if she's doing pull-ups and chin-ups in that movie, I'll be, uh, I'll be super impressed. She played Sarah Connor. And then last birthday to celebrate today, if today's your birthday, happy birthday. Um, but the last celebrity birthday is uh, Olivia Newton-John. She turns 71. That's crazy. 71. Olivia, remember Olivia Newton-John? She was in Greece. Did you see Greece? You didn't see Greece. I didn't see Greece either. So I, yeah, I, I'm right there. <laughs> but shout out to all the birthdays out there. Anybody celebrating uh, anything. Uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about emotional eating today and, and how to uh, how to recognize it, how to uh, how to manage it. Uh, and it's 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 ironic because I just polished off two bags of uh, Siete chips. They're these grain-free chips that um, you know I could eat two bags. It doesn't really it makes my stomach uncomfortable, but it doesn't hurt my stomach. And uh, and so that's how I justify. It. I go, well, it doesn't hurt. it's not hurting my stomach. Yeah, yeah. Hurt hurt is not the first wave. It's it's uncomfortable is the first wave. Then hurt and then pain, and then we have a situation. So, uh, but yeah, just <laughs> just 
bench. I just emotionally ate. I should have uh, went to go work out, go for a walk. I'm going to do that right after this podcast. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to talk about. Now, what I didn't know is that there are actually uh, emotional eating disorder hotlines or helplines. What's it between a hotline and a helpline? I don't know. But anyway, there's the National Eating Disorders Association helpline which is, and, I, and I'll put these numbers in the show notes, uh, 1-800-931-2237. There is a hope line for people who are in crisis, uh, and that's 1-800-442-4673. And then there's the National Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders, uh, at 630-577-1330. And then there's Overeaters Anonymous. They have a line. And there's a Multi-Service Eating Disorders Association. And then uh, United Way. You can call United Way at 211 uh, if you're living in North America. For anyone who's dealing with any type of crisis or who needs help locating specific resources. So... You know what's great about two one one if you're in the if you're in a, if you're in North America is that you call two one one and they can help you find the re- they can direct you and guide you to who you need what what service uh, it would best suit your needs. Um, and then the last one we have the crisis text line seven four one seven four one. And that's available 24 hours, and that's to help people with eating disorders and other mental issues by connecting callers with trained crisis volunteers who will provide confidential advice, support, and referrals if needed. So once again, all that information will be in the show notes. Let's get to it. Now, I got into I I got interested in this emotional eating thing because one, like I said, I just polished off to a bag of chips. But the other thing is I was also looking at, uh, you know, I, I get these random um, notifications on my phone. And it, one of the articles was about oral hygiene in triathletes. And they were saying how, like, triathletes have horrible teeth. And the reason why they have horrible teeth is that um, they uh, consume a lot of, uh, acidic beverages like pre-workouts, all these gels and and foods that are just eroding their teeth. And because these races, a lot of these races are so long, the sugar's just sitting there destroying their enamel. Um, and you know, and I'm guilty. As, you know, especially these uh, caffeinated drinks that have a lot of acid in them. And uh, and so at the end of this, when we're going to go through the emotional eating stuff. We're also going to cover um, how to take care of your teeth because I also learned some things that I didn't know about oral hygiene. Um, I thought I was brushing my, I thought I was doing all the right things with the brushing and flossing. But apparently, there are other ways to do it better. Uh, so we're going to talk about that at the end of this emotional eating stuff. All right. So the question is hold on, let me take a little sippy sip here. How do you know if you are an emotional eater? Uh, one, 
do you eat more when you're feeling stressed? I definitely do. I also eat more if I'm feeling uh, excited. Any type of any type of extreme emotion, whether it's joy or, or stress or anger, or, uh, whatever it is, uh, that's when I want to get the munch on. Uh, two, do you eat when you're not hungry or when you're full? Check. Uh, Three, do you eat to feel better, to calm and soothe yourself when you're sad, mad, bored, anxious, etc.? Check, 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 check. Four, do you reward yourself with food? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When Leo's been a good boy, oh, Leo, oh, yeah, Leo, you deserve some cake today. You deserve a cupcake. You can have some. Go get you some. Eat the two bags of chips. You went, you got in 10 steps today. Go get some. Uh, five, do you regularly eat until you've stuffed yourself? Oh, I'm stuffed now. I'm uncomfortably stuffed uh, after two packs. Uh, six, does food make you feel safe? Oh, yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm in a little cocoon. I feel like I have one of those weighted blankets on top of me, you know? Um, I feel like, a, uh, like, like I got a little force field around me, but then it goes from feeling safe to feeling like I'm in a, uh, one of those insane asylums. You know, like when uh, somebody wakes up and uh, it's all white walls, and then one wall is a glass pane, and you know, you can't, and then there's just a row of people in glass panes. That's how I feel after, after the feeling of safety has subsided. Like, I'm nuts. Uh, yeah, do you feel like food is a friend? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm like, yeah, girl, let's take this in the bedroom. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go, chips. <laughs> uh, and last one, do you feel powerless or out of control around food? Absolutely. That's, you know, I don't even know why I bought the chips. I should not have even have brought them into the house. It's like, I, you know, it's like I leave my shoes outside, but I bring the chips inside. I got that all wrong. That's not, that's not the way to live life. You got to leave the, the, the chips and the, and the shoes outside. Because I'm not the type of person that could just eat one. It would be great if I was. Uh, it would be great if that dog would stop barking in the background. Can't you hear that I'm podcasting? Uh, you're going to stress me out, and then I'm going to start emotional eating again. Um, now... What's the cycle? Because, you know, when we get into these uh, emotional eating cycles, it's good to recognize the cycle so that you can catch yourself and break the cycle. So you can break the cycle, break the spiraling down. You can catch yourself a little faster. So there are four things that happen in a cycle. First, something happens that upsets you, right? Two, you feel an overwhelming urge to eat. Three, you eat more than you know you should. And then four, you feel guilty and powerless, excuse me, over food. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I did this again. And, yeah, just don't don't bring the fox into the hen house. You, you know it's going to go down. You can't possibly think that the fox and the hens are going to be friends and start playing Uno, and you're going to come back, and uh, they're, they're – they're uh, shooting hoops and playing horse or, you know, tossing the old ball around. <laughs> the, you know, you're going to come back and be doing each other's hair. No, 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 no. Um, and so what we're going to help you do is 
So it's good to identify the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger, right? So one is uh, emotional hunger comes on suddenly, right? It hits you in an instant and feels overwhelming and urgent, you know? Physical hunger, on the other hand, comes on more gradually. The urge to eat doesn't feel as dire or demand instant satisfaction. That, to me, is is fascinating, right? The fact that emotional hunger is this thing where you almost feel like a crackhead, like I got to... And the, but real hunger is more patient. So I wonder if, you know, you could even tie that into relationships where, like, you know, when you you meet someone and you're like, I just I have to be around her, I need her. Um, it's like, like, where is she? And, you know, you just, you, you had, like, it, there's this insane, intense attraction. Whereas, like, maybe the, the, the person who you're really meant to be with, um, you're like, wow, I really want to take my time with her. I really want to slow this down, let it evolve naturally, um, t- you know. And I've had that. I've had that. And I, I, I know exactly what that is. Um, so it is, it's interesting how the, the way you eat could also be the way you are um, approaching relationships. That's, that's just a thought. Anyway. Uh, the other way that uh, we can separate the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger is that emotional hunger craves specific comfort foods. You know, when you're physically hungry, almost anything sounds good, including healthy stuff like vegetables. But emotional hunger craves junk food or sugary snacks that provide an instant rush. You feel like you need cheesecake or pizza and nothing else will do. Wow, that's that's fast. It's true because when I've been when I'm like hungry, hungry, um, like everything sounds good, and I um, I eat more. Excuse me. I eat more nutrient dense foods. I feel like I only yawn when I'm podcasting. I don't. I can't think of any other time when I. I don't know what that is. That's. Uh, it is a time of day, but maybe. No, because even when I podcast in the morning. Anyway. Um. But yeah, it's definitely true. I, I've noticed that that um, when I'm physically hungry, anything sounds good, and then the emotional hunger is like a specific craving. Um, all right. And then the other way to tell the difference is emotional hunger often leads to mindless eating, right? Before you know it, you've eaten a whole bag of chips or an entire pint of ice cream without really paying attention or fully enjoying it. When you're eating in response to physical hunger, you're typically more aware of what you're doing. Yeah, you, like, you really take your time. You savor every bite. You find yourself, uh, it, it takes you 30 minutes or an hour to, to eat what you're eating. You get that, mm, wow, you know, like you, you put your fork down. It's really satisfying to, uh, 
when you when you're when you're when you're eating um it's like a physical eating versus an emotional uh eating another way emotional hunger emotional hunger isn't satisfied once you're full you keep wanting more and more often eating until you're uncomfortably stuffed physical hunger on the other hand doesn't need to be stuffed you feel satisfied when your stomach is full the other way to tell emotional hunger isn't emotional hunger isn't located in your stomach what rather than a growling belly or a pang in your stomach, you feel your hunger as a craving you can't get out of your head. Whoa. You're focused on specific textures, tastes, and smells. Emotional hunger isn't located in your stomach. It's in your head. Physical hunger is in your stomach, ladies and gentlemen. What? Get out of here. That's exactly where I feel it. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to have it. I need it now. It, when they say it's all in your head, it really is all in your head. I mean, now it's in my belly. <laughs> uh, and the last way to, to tell the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger is um, when you eat to satisfy, emotional hunger often leads to regret, guilt, or shame. When you eat to satisfy physical hunger, you're unlikely to feel guilty or ashamed because you're simply giving your body what it needs. If you feel guilty after you eat, it's likely because you know deep down that you're not getting uh, for nutritional, that you're not eating for nutritional reasons. You know, I I say the same thing about uh, porn. I don't know if any kids are listening, but uh, kids need to hear this. It's like, you know, there's such a... Uh, you know, uh, is porn good or bad? And I think that uh, whether it's porn or even sex, we're not even going to sex or porn, but even sex, sometimes you're like, am I in this relationship for the right reasons? And and really have to look at how you feel afterwards. You know, it, did the did the sexual encounter lead to regret, shame, or guilt, or did it, or did you feel energized and enthused? afterwards and that lets you know what you're what you really needed and and if you didn't need it and um yeah it's uh it's interesting uh whether it's food whether it's a conversation because sometimes you'll talk to people and you're like oh i regret talking to that person <laughs> all right so let's get into some common causes of emotional eating one is, as we've talked about, stress. Like, ever notice how stress makes you hungry? It's not just in your mind. When stress is chronic, as it so often is in our chaotic, fast-paced world, your body produces high levels of stress hormone called cortisol. Cortisol triggers cravings for salty, sweet, and fried foods. Foods that give you a burst of energy and pleasure. The more uncontrolled stress in your life, the more likely you are to turn to food for emotional relief. So we have to, it's not about getting stress out of your life because that's impossible. You can't do that. But it's about managing stress and we'll get into all that stuff in a moment. Uh, the other cause of emotional eating 
is stuffing your emotions. Eating can be a way to temporarily silence or stuff down uncomfortable emotions, including anger, fear, sadness, anxiety, loneliness, resentment, and shame. While you're numbing yourself with food, you can avoid the difficult emotions you'd rather not feel. Oh, yeah. Is that how many times have we done that, right? It's like you, you have that thing that you wanted to say, but you didn't say it. Or you wanted to ask something and you didn't ask for it or you, you didn't stand up for yourself or someone else. Um, stuffing those emotions. And even, and it's not, and stuffing emotions isn't, if you're stuffing the, the quote-unquote negative emotions, chances are you're also stuffing the positive ones, the joy and the excitement. So just know that you're not just stifling one side, you're stifling the other side. And that is no bueno. You can't express the hurt, you can't express the joy. Boom. Um, the other common cause of emotional eating is boredom or feelings of emptiness. Do you ever feel, do you ever eat simply to give yourself something to do to relieve boredom or as a way to fill a void in your life? You feel unfulfilled and empty, and food is a way to occupy your mouth and your time. In the moment, it fills you up and distracts you from underlying feelings of purposelessness and dissatisfaction with your life. Ooh. Yeah, you got you're trying to you're trying to fill that little empty cup of yours, huh? You're trying trying to get some uh trying to get a little purpose in there, trying to get a little distraction in there. I feel you. I get that. We gotta we gotta we gotta wake up with it. That's why we gotta set some goals and do some things. But like I said, we're gonna address all these common causes of emotional eating in a second. Um and then we have two more. Uh, the other one is childhood habits. This especially for me, uh, definitely a childhood habit. Think back to your childhood memories of food. Did your parents reward good behavior with ice cream, take you out for pizza when you got a good report card, or serve you sweets when you were feeling sad? These habits can often carry over into adulthood. Or your, e or your eating may be driven by nostalgia for cherished memories of grilling burgers in the backyard with your dad or baking and eating cookies with your mom. Oh, man. So many. Somebody got on the elevator recently with McDonald's, and it just took me back to my childhood, and I almost went to McDonald's. You know, we have all these scents, uh, all these scents, all, all these smells, tastes, uh, sounds that, that can trigger nostalgia and, and the longing for our childhood and sometimes we'll, we'll you know it's like you see adults eating snickers or m&ms or uh you know i think that's what's great about going to the movies is it allows you to indulge in those childhood habits you know it's okay for you to eat some goobers or popcorn like you can't get that out your system that's just ingrained People who who don't eat popcorn during a movie, I don't understand you. Even though I don't, I don't do it. I'll take like trail mix or grapes or something like that with me now. But oh my, for the longest time, popcorn. Well into my thirties, popcorn and a slushy, which I don't know where the slushy came from because the slushy wasn't a childhood thing. That when I was a kid, it was you just got the soda and uh, a, you got a tiny bag of popcorn. There was only one size. 
right? It was just popcorn drink. It wasn't small, medium, large. It wasn't, you know, uh, extra large or bucket. It wasn't all these crazy sizes that um, that they have now. Um, and then the last one, the last common cause of emotional eating is uh, social influences. Getting together with other people for a meal is a great way to relieve stress, but it can also lead to overeating. It's easy to overindulge simply because the food is there or because everyone else is eating. You may also overeat in social situations out of nervousness, or perhaps your family or circle of friends encourages you to overeat, and it's easier to go along with the group. Yeah, as a kid, it's like that's, you know, uh, my, my family always encouraged us to eat and eat more and don't you dare be hungry later. So that, yeah, that was definitely a thing. Um, so let's find some other ways to feed our feelings, right? So here are four alternatives to emotional eating, right? If you're depressed or lonely, call someone who always makes you feel better. Play with your dog or cat or look at a photo or cherished memento. And, you know, this is why it's important that when you do things that that have uh, good memories, that you have something to help you remember it by. Because you, maybe you can't always call someone and you can't always play with your dog or cat or animal. Um, but, you know, mementos, little tiny mementos, keep those with you, whether it's the cup you got from the Grand Canyon or a keychain from Niagara Falls, something to remind you of uh, a cherished uh, memory. Uh, the second alternative to emotional eating is if you're anxious, expend your nervous energy by dancing to your favorite song, squeezing a stress ball, or taking a brisk walk, right? So, it, you know, when you're anxious, it's all about movement. Find a way to move. Find a way to get into your body. You know, whether you're boxing or, or cleaning the house, right? Get, pull out the old vacuum cleaner. Mop the floor. Do something, That's, you know. Uh, rearrange the books on your bookshelf. Uh, rearrange the furniture. Move your bed. Um, you know, clean out the old refrigerator. Um, but it, it, when the anxiety re requires movement, whereas uh, you're if you're depressed or lonely, that requires connection, right? Um, and third alternative to emotional eating is uh, if you're exhausted, treat yourself with a hot cup of tea. Take a bath, light some scented candles, or wrap yourself in a warm blanket. So exhausted or overwhelmed, you know? So if you've had like this crazy long day and you're just like, oh, and you just want to crash it. You had a tough time putting the kids in bed, right? Make yourself a hot cup of tea. Get you some rooibos. Get you like a nice flavored tea, some rooibos. Um, or, you know, take a nice hot bath. Put you one of those bath balls in there, right? Boom, look at that little fizz going. Light you a couple scented candles, right? Or get you one of those weighted blankets. Just curl up under there, turn on some thunderstorm music, you know, and just just ball yourself up in something warm. It's all about, so that's all about, you know, cut the lights off, 
make it nice and warm and 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 cuddle it, curl up on a couch, right? Um, and then the last one is if you're bored, read a good book, right? Because boredom is is a mental thing. Watch a comedy show. Explore the outdoors. Uh, that, that means you know. So exploring the outdoors is like turn to something novel. You know, something that's gonna uh, unlock a part of your brain that's been dormant for a while, um, or turn to an activity you enjoy like woodworking, playing the guitar, shooting hoops, scrapbooking, something that's, you know, uh, a, pu- a puzzle. You know, I, I just bought a puzzle, it's a horrible puzzle, but um, they only had one puzzle, and I, because I wanted a puzzle so badly, I just bought it, but it's, I'm not, I have no inclination to put it together. Um, but you basically you're looking or do a crossword puzzle, right? So really it comes down to identifying which one it is. And if you're not sure, you're like, I don't know if I'm depressed, lonely, anxious, exhausted, bored. What? I'm all four of them. Then you know what? Just pick one from each one and work your way down. You know, see what happens after you dance to your favorite song or uh, go for a walk. See how you feel. You still feel like you want to eat? All right, well, then maybe you need to reach out to someone. Or maybe you can call someone while you're walking. You know, uh, if you're exhausted, then, you know, you come back and you take a little bubble bath. Uh, If you're bored, read a good book. So click through all four until you're like, oh, okay, I'm good now. Um, And then the last thing you can do is take five before you give in to your cravings. You know, wait five minutes um, and, and see what happens, you know. Instead of telling yourself you can't give in to the craving, uh, say, hey, let's just wait five minutes. This, this is, what can we do in five minutes until we, 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 we get that, right? Um, and then while you're waiting, check in with yourself. Yeah, you know, be like, hey, how, how, am I, how am I really feeling? What's really going on? Lay on the floor, empty out. Um, and even if you end up eating, you'll have a better understanding of why you did it, and this can help you set yourself up for a different response next time, right? Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Man, I, I told you I just ate two bag of chips, and now it's, it's not um, doing well. And then the last thing that you can do, and this is so valuable, and I've actually I've gotten away from it now that I, I think about it. Um, I see what's happening here. So it's all, pieces are all coming together now for Leo Flowers. Um, keep an emotional eating diary, right? You probably recognize yourself in at least a few of the previous descriptions, but even so, you'll want to get even more specific. One of the best ways to identify the patterns behind your emotional eating is to keep track with a food and mood diary. Every time you overeat or feel compelled to reach out for your version of comfort food kryptonite, take a moment to figure out what triggered the urge. If you backtrack, you'll usually find an upsetting event that kicked off the emotional eating cycle. Write it all down in your food and mood diary. What you ate or wanted to eat, what happened to upset you, how you felt before you ate, what you felt as you were eating, and how you felt afterward. Over time, you'll see a pattern emerge. Maybe you always end up gorging yourself after spending time with a critical friend. Or perhaps you stress eat whenever you're on a deadline or when you attend family functions. 
Once you identify your emotional eating triggers, the next step is identifying healthier ways to feed your feelings. All right. And to me, I know for sure that today the 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 two bags of chips was anxiety. As soon as I woke up, I was like, huh, huh, huh. like my amygdala was firing. It, it was just it was like a, a thunderstorm in Oklahoma. Right. And, you know, what I should have done, I should have went for a walk for sure or, you know, dance to, you know, that new Missy Elliott song that's out right now. Or there's this what's this? Locos con bebe on bebe. This is some Spanish song that's uh, real dope right now. But, uh, oh, so now <laughs> let's get into, uh, now that we've covered that, and I hope that was valuable to you, I want to share with you these uh, teeth brushing uh, tips. This is going on much longer than <laughs> I expected it to. But uh, but I really want to share this information with you, and I'm excited that you that you that you tuned in. So thank you uh, for still being here with us, and uh, let's figure out how to take care of our teeth. Um, so it's only like the four to five things, real quick. Um, one is make sure you're using high performance toothpaste. A lot of toothpaste has like 1,100 to 1,400 uh, parts per million of fluoride. But what you want is some high fluoride toothpaste, like 2,800 to 5,000. And that's something that's like available through prescription, right? Now, that's for an athlete. For, the, for us regular Joe Schmoes, all we need is, excuse me, all we need are, um, I would suggest getting baking soda. A little baking soda, some peroxide, brush your teeth with that. Because, um, you know, some people don't like fluoride, and uh, the, I don't know, uh, is fluoride good or bad? It just depends on where you go, uh, or, I mean, or what you, what you read. But if you're a high-performance person, you want 2,800, you want to ramp up your fluoride in your toothpaste, and that's something that you get through prescription. So talk to your dentist about that next time and see if that's something that you really need. Um, the second thing to consider uh, with uh, your oral health is make sure you're brushing the right way. The biggest mistake I realize I've been making is that after I've flossed and brushed is that I rinse my mouth out. Do not rinse. If you rinse, you wash away the fluoride. This simple change in technique can make a measurable difference. Research shows it can reduce tooth decay by 25%. So stop rinsing your mouth out with water. Leave that fluoride on there. Let it do what it do. Uh, and the third thing to consider with your oral health is floss is great, but, uh, to, to, uh, but a dental brush is greater. I, I was just introduced to dental brushes. I didn't even know it's like, the, I, you just have to Google it to understand what it goes in between your teeth, and you can scrub in between your teeth uh, better with the dental brush than you can with floss, apparently. So look at getting a dental brush, all right? It's different than a toothbrush, dental brush. Once again, talk to your dentist about it and see if that, uh, if that works for you. And then uh, last thing is, if you're a person who does work out and you want to 
uh, drink all these sport drinks and gels and things like that, that's fine. But have two water bottles. Have one water bottle with your, your sports nutrition drink in there and make sure the other water bottle is just water so that you, at, after you drink your, uh, your sports nutrition drink, you can rinse that out of your mouth with the water bottle, right? Um, and it, that way it's not just sitting there on your teeth and riding it away. Um, so carry two bottles with you. And I've seen people carry around two bottles. And I was like, why do they carry around two bottles? And now I understand and I will not make fun of people who, who walk with two uh, water bottles. And then the last thing to consider with your oral health is um, ditch the mouthwash. Uh, your saliva moistens and remineralizes your teeth. The quality of saliva and your oral microbiome help determine how well you can prevent oral disease. During intensive training, you have a drier mouth and less protective saliva. So it's important to do what you can to keep your oral microbiome healthy. Avoid antimicrobial mouth rinses. They kill the good bacteria you need, which not only harms your teeth, but also can be detrimental to your performance and your health. And that's because the bacteria in your mouth reduce nitrates into nitrites. They are, they are, th then they are converted to nitric oxide, which widens your blood vessels to increase blood flow and lower blood pressure. All right. If you use antiseptic mouth rinse, you kill those bugs and abolish the ergogenic benefit, especially if you're using a nitrate supplement like beetroot juice. Mouth rinses with fluoride alone in them are fine and might be needed on top of the fluoride toothpaste if your risk of tooth decay is particularly high. All right. So these are all things to consider. Get rid of the mouthwash. Uh, have two water bottles. Uh, get a dental brush. And make sure you're not rinsing your mouth out um, afterwards after you brush your teeth, right? And I'm, I'll link to both of these websites because this is coming from bicycling.com. And I'll, I'll put the link to this in the show notes if you want to read it and check it out. And then I'll also put a link to uh, the emotional eating article that I read from Help Guide. I'll put that up there. And then, uh, and then the hotlines, I will put the link uh, for that in the show notes. So there'll be three links for you to click on. I will not be putting the link of the birthdays <laughs> from today. But, uh, but I hope this serves you well. I appreciate you uh, tuning in and listening. And uh, remember, instead of indulging in comfort food, indulge in comfort meditation, comfort journaling, comfort walking, comfort talking, comfort manicures, comfort reading, comfort yoga, comfort hugging. All right. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow, Friday, September 27th. And this is not a substitute for you calling any of those 800 numbers or forming a group or, uh, you know, talking to a friend, reaching out, getting online help, in-person help, any of that type of help. 
call that one, number 1-800-SUICIDE. And I appreciate you listening in. And all those, all those five-star reviews on iTunes, beautiful, incredible. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Thank you for the comments. And we will talk to you again soon.